My name is Jeremy Quintanilla. You are listening to Age of Jeremy. I'm an entrepreneur and I'm the co-founder of Age of Radio and 3T Fitness and well, other businesses that I am working on. This podcast is about everything that I learn and the trials and tribulations it took to learn them. I hope you enjoy. You're listening to The Age of Jeremy with Jeremy Quintanilla. I hope you're having a fantastic day. We have an amazing, amazing, amazing show for you, I guess, (laughs) today. I hope you're doing really, really well. This is your first time on the show. Um, Please make sure that you like and give a review in your podcatcher that you're listening to this in. If your podcatcher gives you the ability to do that, a lot of people that listen to this show listen on Android. Um, Some of them listen on Apple as well. So if you can review on Android, I mean, probably uh, Google Podcasts or Stitcher, I probably should specify that. And again, if this is your first time tuning in, this is a show about all the trials and tribulations that I go through to create my uh, businesses. I am the Chief Executive Officer of Age of Radio and co-founder of Age of Radio. I'm also the Chief Financial Officer of a fitness company called 3T Fitness. Before I continue, any opinions um, that I may give on this show about finances, policy, politics, um, economics, whatever the case is, those are my opinions. They do not reflect Age of Radio as a whole, and they do not reflect 3T Fitness as a whole. Definitely want to get that out of the way. The other thing, too, hopefully you have your phone near you. If you do have your phone near you, I would love it if you would follow me on Twitter at Age of Jeremy Q. That's Twitter at Age of Jeremy Q. You can also follow me on Instagram at Age of Jeremy. You can follow me on LinkedIn, uh, Jeremy Quintanilla. Just type in my name, and my pretty face pops up there. And uh, also love some TikTok. Haven't been putting a lot of stuff on TikTok just because I've been focused on Twitter and fighting, um, uh, getting into arguments um, with some uh, AZ Republican parties over the last week or so. Um, so I've been spending a lot of time on Twitter. But if you like TikTok, which I love TikTok, um, you can follow me at Age of uh, Jeremy on TikTok. And again, my opinions and views, whether finance, economics, politics, do not reflect 3T Fitness, and they do not reflect Age of Radio. Those are mine and my own, and I will do business um, with pretty much anybody um, except for people that hate, and those people I won't tolerate. I don't tolerate hate. This is a place of love and funny Funny, one of my aunts got a, on Facebook, I'm not going to say her name, obviously, um, she got a paper on her front step that just says love. And I said, that's probably a cult and you should get out of there. And that's how weird it is because no one spreads love. We're so busy spreading so much hate. And I don't mean to sound like a, I don't know, a hippie or a tree hugger, so I don't take that the wrong way. There's nothing wrong with people that hug trees. Love me some trees. I spent many, many years as a vegan, but... I don't tolerate hate, and we shouldn't tolerate hate. We should focus on kindness and focus on love, not as a cult, but just love our neighbor. And uh, our last episode came out on Wednesday, January 6th, I believe it was. It was, let me see here. Hopefully this, that's not going to pull it up. But yeah, January 6th was the last episode, and that's when the siege I believe, took place against the capital of the United States of America, which is definitely a problem, especially if you spend your whole life fighting fascism the way that I do. Um, And I say that because I think that the fascist part of it was the fact that 
they put a flag up that represented one man um, and didn't represent, uh, I guess, a broad ideology that whatever this one man says, that one man being President Trump, was the end-all, say-all of what you believed. And I'm glad to see that I don't, I don't believe in Vice uh, President Pence's politics. I don't believe in Vice President Pence's religion. But I do have to applaud him for standing up to our election, for standing up against President Trump, a president that had no concern for him, a man that has been loyal to him for four years, maybe even longer, I don't know, a man that's been loyal to him for four years, well, it had to have been longer because they were probably running together. Anyway, um, a man that's been loyal to him for four years, you turn your back on him when rioters take the, the capital. I mean, when you think about that, just that alone is that someone that you want to follow that doesn't even have any loyalty to the people that have been loyal to him for so long. There is a disgusting video out there. I'm not going to play an audio clip here, but if you, you can go find it, if you just look for YouTube riot video or capital riot uh, or capital siege videos. And there is a video of the rioters asking or yelling or demanding Pence to come out because they're going to hang him. That's not the world that we should be living in. And not only that, I I can't even imagine how Pence feels for being betrayed after being loyal to someone for so long. And the same thing goes for Lindsey Graham. The same thing goes for um, Mitch McConnell, I'm imagining. And uh, so I think that... Uh, I think that that is one of the the most depressing things about this. And uh, I do, the CIA director came out today, um, actually a couple of days ago, it looks like January 9th, saying that the end of the Trump era is upon us. And uh, I hope that that's, I hope that that's true. And uh, the sad thing is, and again, if you choose to believe, be pro-abortion, if you choose that gays shouldn't, you know, have rights or whatever, that, that I personally think is a little wrong. Um, the abortion thing, I, I don't, it doesn't really, I mean, I would like women to be able to have abortions because if not, they're going to go into the alleyways to have abortions. Um, but I mean, the traditional things that divide Republicans and Democrats, um, like abortion, guns, um, I support guns. Um, I don't support, uh, I mean, I support abortions. I support, uh, guns. Uh, I, uh, support a free immigration. Republicans usually don't want open borders. I support open borders, uh, because we used to have open borders in the United States. Um, it's Staten Island, but everyone forgets that. And then, um, um, and we also argue about how we should tax people, the economic system that we have. And I think that those things are fine to talk about. We've been talking about them for a long time. Um, but there's been this growing movement from people that have been silenced. And Trump gave those people a voice. Now, 
I don't, I hope that when this is over and Trump hopefully, in my opinion, should be impeached and removed from office to help set a precedence, that we're not going to stand for fascism in our country and the overthrowing of a capital for the, in the name of a man, right? If you want to worship a man, do it in the privacy of your own home and in your church, like most people do, but not the worshiping of a president who is not a good leader. Now, that being said, that being said, I don't condemn the 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 GOP or the Republican Party as a whole. I think that it's disgusting that there was a siege on the Capitol, people's lives were in danger, and then some of the people that follow Trump, uh, like Ted Cruz or um, some of the representatives here from Arizona, they went back in and they voted to that to audit the vote, which is fine. They have every right to do that, but it shows their character when that man attempted a coup or people attempted a coup. You know, obviously there's going to be argument on whether Trump was involved with that. So let's just say the the group of people that attempted a coup in the name of him, right, still voted for that our election wasn't fair that's what it was representing. And at that point, that devises, divides us more. And at that point, I feel that those people did something wrong. The original audit, I don't think that was the wrong thing. I think it was what happened after. But but again, that's my opinion. Um, and uh, you don't have to agree with that. And that's what also makes America a great place to, to be and to live. So moving on from that... The more important thing that, or another, that was the most important thing that happened this week. Another thing that happened this week was the crashing of cryptocurrency, which everybody and their mother right now is really into cryptocurrency, which is great. I think it's a great opportunity or a great option against inflation. I think that the blockchain is what's more important and more fascinating to me about it. Um, And I had a, a uh, a friend of mine reached out to me today and he's like, what do you think about cryptocurrency? And I thought that I would talk a little bit about that on today's podcast. Um, but, you know, there's been a huge sell-off uh, on Bitcoin and that's what a lot of people are talking about. Um, and so I think that that being in the news is super important. The other thing that's been in the news is super important is this Twitter banning um, Twitter banning Trump. Um, on Twitter. And so, first of all, I don't think that that's, I think that is a form of censorship. I don't think that it's a violation of the First Amendment, um, because the First Amendment is in regards to the government violating it. Like, if the government forced Twitter to censor Trump, that would be a violation of the First Amendment. But this raises a really good point about capitalism that I want to um, kind of show, hopefully, that you can kind of see with that. And um, that is that The people that have the money, they make the rules. So the person that owns, right, Twitter, Jack Dorsey, people like, uh, he had the ability to silence a person, right? So if that person doesn't go through the other channel, because Trump doesn't do the other channel, which is the press office that he has right in the White House, that he can call a meeting so he can talk to the American people whenever he wants, right? He prefers Twitter. But... (laughs) 
They have a way to show us that information. And that's why I am not an adamant and I do not support people getting their news from social media. You should get your news from a good journal source like the Wall Street Journal, like Market Watch, like Barron's, like the New York Times. And you're going to be like, that's all fake news. Well, it's not all going to be fake. You have to take the information, spend time reading it, and make your own decision on it if you want to know what's going on in the world. Okay? But the problem is, is that now the Walmart, Amazon, Microsoft, all these companies have started started pulling their donations from a lot of the PACs, okay, or the political action committees, right? And they do, they do, they they give to Democrats and they give to Republicans. Some of them have stopped all of it. Some of them have just stopped the objectors, the people, the the congressmen, uh, men and women that objected to the electoral votes, right? But what this means is that if a lot of their money is coming from that and it's not coming from the people, this is an exact reason why we need to move away from businesses being the main source of the money that's going to these political uh the the campaigns right or political action committee political action campaign i don't know what c stands for impact go look it up um and so so the point is is that the the businesses are really the people that have the control and that's really scary as well when you think about that. So there's a lot of things that have, you know, that are a problem. If you follow Coach JV um, on TikTok, he talks a lot about the Rockefellers, the Bilderbergs, the Rothschilds. Um, there's also the um, uh, the ones that I like a lot, which are the, I always forget their last name. It's German. Um, it is the Warburgs. Sorry, the Warburgs. Um, sorry, I had to roll to my bookshelf. And so there's... Even though, you know, that a lot of that that information, a lot of people will look as a conspiracy theory, and I believe um, that a lot of it can be taken out of context, but they do have that money, so they do have the ability to manipulate the way in which we see the world. And they have the ability to push someone to the forefront of the world because they have that money. Okay, and this is a perfect example of them taking their money away which will stop these people maybe from being able to have their voice heard because their money's going away. And that's why we need to move away from corporations funding a lot of these political campaigns, whether they're Democrat, Libertarian, Socialist, Republican, Green, um, uh, American Independent Party, whatever the case is, they should be getting their money from the individuals that are a part of their party, in my opinion. Um, but Again, that's just my opinion, um, because the other thing, too, is you would see some of these money going down, because then, you know, the other problem, though, is that if you get all their money and the wealthy people are part of a specific committee or or unit, then those people have the most money to push it. So there is a lot of problems with this. So, but I, I, but I digress. I just want you to think about that, even though I support the ban on Trump. Um, from all of these companies and the removal of the the money. And I think that it's smart and wise for a lot of these companies to remove their money from both Democrats and Republicans, because that helps them stay kind of in the middle rather than, rather than, um, uh, rather than taking one side. I think that's smart, but I think it's something to think about that the wealthy are really the ones that control the country. And it's that's kind of like how we think about an aristocracy. We still live in an aristocracy where a few amount of people control what happens to the rest of the country. And we need to work on that as best we can to move away from that, in my opinion. But 
Going back to the Bitcoin before I kind of get into one of the main things that I want to talk about, even though I've been talking for, you know, 15 minutes, um, the the Bitcoin sell-off, it's going to be volatile. Um, so if you want to invest in it, invest in it. I mean, Bitcoin's going for, I don't know, 30000 40000 I don't know, what's this, two weeks ago, is it 23000 I don't know even what it's at today. That's how much I pay attention to it. Um, it goes for a lot right? And you have the ability to buy a portion of it, which I talked about, I think, last week, um, that you can buy slices of stock. So you're not going to own one coin. You're going to own a coin with a bunch of other people. It's kind of like a timeshare. Um, do I think that it's a good good way to hedge against inflation? Of course, right? I think it's a great way to hedge against inflation. Um, however, I also think that gold and silver and uh, platinum and copper and, uh, you know, cows and oranges and other commodities are all great ways to hedge, um, against, um, inflation. Um, but, uh, so, so to me, I, I don't, I don't look at, you know, I want to make this clear to the people that take my advice. I don't look at investing as a way just to get rich, Right. I look at investing as something that I enjoy. I enlight, I enjoy buying good companies, giving my money to them so that they can a make me more money and make more of the products that I enjoy, right? So if we look at my portfolio, right? I own Microsoft. I own MGM even though I don't uh, gamble. Um I, if I did gamble, it would probably be Baccarat or like, you know, poker or something like that, but I like the luxury resort gambling business. So MGM, um we got uh Microsoft, Pepsi obviously. I've been a huge fan of Pepsi. I think they have a great diversification of products. I own um I own GE, I own Baker Hughes, um, and then I own a, a gold ETF. If I had the room and the money to buy bricks of gold, I would probably do that. Why? Because I like gold. I think gold is cool, right? If I had the ability to go and mine, I would go and mine. One of my favorite banks uh, is Wells Fargo, and that's because they are the bank that went and started mining out west. I like that. I like Arizona's copper mines. If I have the ability, I will buy a copper mine one day. I think natural resources are great. I think the ability to take those natural resources and turn them into something's great. I think that there's other resources on other planets that are going to be amazing for us. That's the stuff that I enjoy. I buy the stuff that I enjoy. And that's the same thing that I told him when he asked me what I thought about Bitcoin. If you enjoy Bitcoin and you like and you like that type of uh, virtual currency, go and buy it. Does that mean that it's going to be a good investment just because you like it? Absolutely not. But I enjoy what I buy. Do I tell people to go when I give financial advice? I tell people that they should do something like a mutual fund, especially if they're older. I think that they should have a good mixture of the treasury bonds and the and uh, and the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ and all of that normal stuff that people say because those are safe, good bets. And we know that over time, those specifically work. But if you ask me, like, what would I do at my age? I like buying stocks. I don't see the point in mutual funds. I don't see the point in over-diversification. And again, I like reading about companies. And so, and so that, that is specifically what I would do. The other thing that I would remind you is that stocks are about any, any investment is about information. Okay. So you need to keep thinking about that when you're going and investing and when you're going and buying things is that a lot of people always have their best interest in mind. Okay. 
So even, even when I tell you, no, I'm going to do what's best for you, and we have all these policies and things that are going to help protect you, that the governments, governments put in place, everybody at some point in their life has their own interest in mind. And the reason why is because most of the time when you have to decide over, over doing what's right, and feeding your family, you are going to pick feeding your family. Okay, I'm not saying that uh, I'm a you know anybody's a bad person. I'm not going to say that I'm doing anything bad. What I'm saying is is that traditionally most people are going to have their own agenda, right? And so, and so when you're getting all this information from the news, unless it's something that's basic and flat, and it just says, "Oh, the Dow Jones Industrial Average went up this much today," or the S and P 500 went down this much today. Mostly everything else, when someone says you need to go and buy this, yeah, a lot of the time they're looking at it and saying, okay, we should put this at a buy, but they could also be pushing that buy rating so that that can get on the news and more people can go and buy it. And the same thing goes if they say that you should sell something, most people will go and sell it. Okay, that's why it's so important to do your own information, learn how fundamental analysis works by reading, by reading the... Um, the Intelligent Investor by Benjamin Graham, or if you read um, Uncommon uh, Uncommon Stocks with Uncommon Profits by um, uh, Phil Fisher, those are literally the only two books you need. You can spend your whole life investing if you have an Intelligent Investor and Uncommon Stocks with Uncommon Profits, or Common Stocks with Uncommon Profits. That was the name of it. It's common stocks and uncommon profits. If you if you buy common stocks and uncommon profits by Philip A. Fisher and you buy Benjamin Graham's The Intelligent Investor, you will never need any other investing book ever. That's all that you need. You can invest the rest of your life just having those two. They have great analysis in them. They have great, um, uh, a, gives you a basic understanding of what you should be doing. And they have stood the test of time. Those are those are the first main two books that I've read that uh, and I still go back to them every every year, every month, every week to help me realize that I need to make sound decisions based off of my own understanding. And those sound decisions should come off of the, what the company is actually doing and where the company sees itself going into the future. And that's how you should be doing your investing. We'll be right back. Okay, what did I want to talk about today? And again, I am so sorry. I didn't have a podcast prepared. A, most of my favorite podcasts aren't doing any new episodes right now because it hasn't really kicked off yet since the beginning of the year. Second, I've really been listening to a lot of Bloomberg. Um, so if you like SiriusXM, head on over to ageofradio.org. There's a SiriusXM uh, logo up there. Um, it's like a little, I don't know, a uh, a banner the top of the page, click on that. And you should get, can get some, uh, you can save some money on Sirius XM. I did not know Sirius XM had so much great stuff. I don't know. It's like three months for like, I don't know, four ninety nine or something. Let me go on there and look. I was sick last week. I had to do COVID testing. Thank God it came back negative. Um, but so I didn't, I just worked. I think I overworked myself. I think I got burnout, to be honest. All right, if you head on over to ageofradio.org and you get through all of our 
weird Google ads that I had turned on and then we're working on getting up and on the website. Um, but if you look, it says stream three months of Sirius XM for $1 and three months of Hulu. Go and check that out. Again, I've been listening to a lot of Sirius XM, specifically Bloomberg Radio. I also really like that they have CNBC Radio because in my office during the day, I usually have that playing through my Google Google um, pod. I'm just advertising a bunch of companies right now. Um, but if you click on that link, we do get a kickback um, for it at Age of Radio. So I'd appreciate it if you do decide to get some Sirius XM. You know, the funny thing was when I, I, I got into a wreck back in October, the weekend of my birthday. So my birthday is October 21st, in case anybody wants to give me anything next year. And again, the number one thing that you can get me is a call out by Gilbert Gottfried through. I don't know, Cameo, I think is what it's called. And so I got in a car wreck. I got a Nissan Leaf, wasn't happy with it, ended up trading it in uh, or giving it back and getting a uh, Toyota Camry. So I tried to go electric, but I failed. Um, and then I, uh, but with that process, the Leaf had a Sirius XM button. So I got it. I thought that was cool. I fell in love with Sirius XM. Then I got my freaking Toyota Camry and it doesn't have the Sirius XM button. So I just connected to my Bluetooth when I want to listen to it. And then I connect it to my Google Pod or my Google Mini um, when I'm in the house. And the thing works amazing. So uh, check out Sirius XM. I didn't think I'd like it as much as I do. Um, all right. That being said, here's the thing that I want to talk about. This is something I talk about a lot. And that is, you need to, and this goes back to my buddy when he was asking me about Bitcoin. Then he's like, well, what, you know, what are the things that you invest in? And I said, the number one thing that you should invest in, and I still stand by this, is starting an operating company. Okay, and then what I mean by an operating company is, is when you start a company that you are actually own and you actually operate. Now, this could be a side hustle. It could be your main hustle. Uh, it could be... Well, those are the main things. It could be your side hustle or your main hustle, maybe a quarter hustle. Maybe it could be a hustle you do on the weekends. Maybe, hell, maybe it can be a multi-level marketing hustle. I'm not a super big fan of multi-level marketing, not because I think that they're all pyramid schemes, just because I would rather make my own products and sell them. Or if I did buy their products, I would rather buy them and just distribute them, which you can do with a lot of multi-level marketing. But a lot of the bigger bucks come when you uh, get people set up on your town line. Now, that being said, those are operating businesses, okay, where you are doing the operating, you're going out and selling stuff, you're hiring people, they're selling things, and those are the businesses where people get wealthy. Think like when when Elon Musk started um, PayPal or whatever it was before it was PayPal, and then it became PayPal, and they sold it or whatever the case was, and he made his millions of dollars, and then he took that and started SpaceX, and then he bought into Tesla and became an operator of that, Okay. So the reason why those are the main ones is because you traditionally own the majority of those shares or those memberships and those business. So like with 3T Fitness, I um, operate it, not I operate it part time, right, with John who operates it full time. But if it gets it purchased, right, and then we operate it with Kevin who has some membership ownership in it now as well, but we operate that. They do it full-time, I do it part-time, I'm still an operator. When that sales, if it sells for, say, if we end up selling it one day for, we'll say, you know, $3 million, I get my percentage of that ownership. 
Okay. So that's one of the things that we want to, you want to think about is that that's how people build real wealth is through their operating company because then they also get distributions from it. So let's say I own 15% of a company. Anytime that we have gross profit that, and we set some of that aside to be paid out as distributions, I would get 15% of that. Or if we set those aside and we pay per share, that, that are owned in that stock, then, you know, when you get that, that's the amount that you get, and it'll still come out to the percentage that you have in the company. And so that's what we think, that's why operating companies are good, because you can get a percentage of the profits, um, and then you get a percentage when that asset is sold, okay? And that's how people build great amounts of wealth. Jamie Dimon was actually the first billionaire who didn't get his billions that way, and he got his billions from working at Chase his whole life or however long he worked at Chase. Um, and so I'm, I'm sure he owns some other operating businesses. Maybe, I don't know. Or maybe he's investing in some other businesses where he doesn't own a majority of the share. And so, and so one of the things that we want to, uh, think about is that's how you should be focused. So if you have an extra thousand dollars a month and you say, what should you invest in? I will tell you to invest in an operating business that you operate, operate part-time or you oversight and you manage, or you're not just a completely passive investor. Um, uh, and so that's something that you really want, want to think about when you do this, because it is, that's how you can build wealth. Okay. Now the next thing that you should do, if you say, well, I don't want to be an operator of a company. What should I do? Then you should find someone who's willing to be an operator business where you can just invest with them and they run the business and you just, you don't have control of that business. Okay. It's not a publicly traded company. You're just, it's a private company, maybe a mom and pop shop, maybe your brother or cousin has a business and you have like 2000 bucks a month you want to do. I would give it to them and then let them run it as best as you can without getting involved, maybe giving some suggestions and oversight. And that's kind of like owning an operating company without you actually doing the operations of it. Okay. And then once, if you're like, no, I don't know anybody like that. I don't know a bunch of entrepreneurs. The next thing that you need to do is you need to buy stocks. Okay. None of this mutual fund stuff. I would say go out, buy a company that you enjoy, that you think is going to be well, and hopefully it does well if it's a company that's good. You know, you can't go wrong with a lot of the companies that are, um, that are, uh, that have been around a long time. Um, sometimes they go bad like GE. I bought GE when it got down to five. Um, Baker Hughes, when they finally split that off as a separate entity and GE owns a percentage of Baker Hughes, I started buying Baker Hughes up, but GE, I started buying it like five bucks. Now it's up to like 11 bucks. And I personally think it'll keep going, but in the future, it could drop back down and I could lose all my money. That's the risk of investing in companies. But, but um, I believe in GE and I believe in the person that's managing it now, the CEO. If that changes and I don't believe in that person, then I'll probably sell it. But the point is, is that you need to, you need to not get caught up in this diversification game. When you look at some of the biggest investors out there, like Warren Buffett, um, like Bill Gates, like, um, is it Charlie Munger? I think that's his first name. Uh, Buffett's uh, partner in crime. Um, I can never remember his first name. I just know his last name's Munger. Um, uh, yeah, Charlie Munger. If if you know if you look at their stock portfolio, they have like six stocks, seven stocks, eight stocks, right? 
Um, and then, and then when it goes down, you know, and then when they have their other businesses, they diversify it more. But they they only have a certain amount in their portfolio. It's not it's not what you would think, right? They they like you know Charlie Munger is an advocate for Costco. He's been on their board forever. I'm an advocate for Costco. That's a great business. It ha- it stands the test of recessions and it stands the test of um, of uh, growth. And those are great things that you want to be you want to be mindful of, right? If we look at Bill Gates, I forgot he has an LLC, you know, that invests in private companies. But if we look at publicly traded companies, you know, there's, there's only a basket full of stocks that they have, right? So diversification is important, but you don't want to diversify your way out of any earnings, right? And that's why it's important to find good companies that are run by good people that have a good outturn plan that do, that can do really good in growth and maybe not so bad when things downturn. And that's why I try to be an advocate that investing isn't really that hard. And that's why I tell people invest in the things that you like, because if you're going and investing in the things that you like, you'll be more apt to be more interested in what's going on in that business. Okay. Now, if, if you don't want to do stocks, then I would say do some ETF sectors. Um, they're traditionally inexpensive. You can buy into the diversification of a sector. So you could buy an ETF that has exchange traded fund that, that focuses just on utilities. Okay. And it owns a basket of utilities, a bunch of utilities, right? And that's how you, instead of buying a utility company or diversifying by buying a bunch of utility companies, you can buy you a, a utility ETF. And that's how you can diversify into that sector. And that's really important. Um, because some you don't may not have the money to you know go into a sector that you want and buy all of the companies that you want to buy, um, or maybe the company that you want to buy is a lot and you can get it into an ETF. Okay, and then if you don't want to do ETFs, then you know go ahead and uh, and get into a mutual fund like everybody talks about and get the S and P five hundred seven percent eight percent a year and go from there. But I think that we are into such a with so many people having so much access to information is that is that we have so much stuff coming out with us with it so we don't really know what to do and so that causes a lot of problems so what we want to do is i am an advocate for diversifying but not over diversifying you don't want to over diversify yourself out of all of the risk just find companies that you like that's why i say invest in what you like and go and invest with that if you like bonds go and invest in bonds if you like gold go and invest in gold you will probably make money in it okay you may not become a billionaire you could become a billionaire if you start an operating company and again i'm an advocate for you taking money and going and operating especially if you're young if you're young and everybody online is saying, if you have to put $100 a month at 8% a year in you know 30 years or 50 years, you'll be a millionaire. If you're putting $100 a month, take that $100 and start a freaking business. If not, then maybe do that. I would still say go and just buy stocks that you enjoy, but that's my opinion. And again, again. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say this to everybody. Everybody has different circumstances. But I mean, in general, I think that that's how you should be. That's what you should be doing with your money, putting it in to operating businesses because the upside of that is far greater than anything that you could buy in just buying a share of, say, Microsoft or buying a share of Pepsi. 
right? If you start an operating business and then you sell that business for $22 million, then take like five or $6 million and go buy parts of Microsoft. Then you'll have maybe a larger share vote, might be even maybe at that much, I don't think that you would, but uh, because of all the shares that are out there, but like the wealth's potential in having your own operating company is far much better than going out and buying shares in a publicly traded company. And again, that's my opinion. And again, if people come to me and ask me my advice, it's all going to depend on their situation. But this is what I told my friend today because he's young. And I just think that that's, I think that he has a lot of drive. And I think focusing on his own businesses would give him a far much upside potential than going and investing in a Bitcoin or something else. So I'll talk to you guys later. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for listening to The Age of Jeremy. Make sure to subscribe on your favorite podcatcher. If you can do me a favor, please rate this podcast if your podcatcher allows you to. Talk to you soon.